You know, we like that vibe, though, don't we? <laughs> Definitely like that vibe. It is the 22nd day of the month of June. Good morning to everybody. Grand Rising. It is the top of the hour here on a Wednesday. You know what that means. It is time for Wake and Bake Wednesday. Presented by the Matcha Foundation. It is your favorite medicine in the morning. That's what is going down. And so we talk, we're talking up cannabis today, but we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of great topics that are going to jog a lot of conversation out there in radio land. And thank you for making the machine a part of your morning routine. And listen, we are here this morning. Uh, Joe Mack, the scholar, is going to be joining us real soon. In the meantime, who do we have in the studio? Big Sam is here. Good morning, everybody. Yes, good morning, Sam. How was your week? Oh, it's a wonderful week, man. Glad to be here. Yes, absolutely. And Nate the Great is back in the stew. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, how are you? How's your week? My week's been a little up and down, but I'm glad to be back in the studio. Absolutely. Ready to get going. Absolutely. Let's go. And Joe Mack is back. The scholar is on the phone right now. Good morning. Bonjour, Monsieur. Y'all just going to give it to us in 50 different languages. Hey. We go, we're going to learn something today, aren't we? Come see, come see. Joe Mack, how was your week, brother? Man, look, I, I'm, I'm glad to see another one. That's all I can say. Uh, it's going to be a short week this week. You know, happy Father's Day to everybody. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, uncles, yes. granddads, all that good stuff. I'm here, June teeth. So keep it going. Absolutely. We always keeping it going. And shout out to the doc who is summer baking it with the family. Shout out to you. Good morning, doc. We, you know, we miss you here. We can't wait to see you back soon, but get your summer bake on because we're definitely literally going to do that outside today. All right. So y'all stay cool today in the midst of your summer baking. Okay. Make sure you have some air conditioning because it could be a rough one while you're baking it. You got to be careful. Please be responsible and cut your air on today of all days in the world especially for the whole summer. So with that, let's talk about the doc. Even though he's not here, we're definitely going to continue to introduce the doc as we always do. Our chief medical officer, and he's doing a lot of that chiefing a lot of these weeks in this summer bake. You feel me? So chief medical officer, Dr. Rashawn Hodge, MD. Make sure you put those letters at the end of his name and put respect on his name he earned it so you need to make sure you respect it all right he is a graduate of the morehouse college the one and only and did his residency at the morehouse school of medicine and received his medical degree from the university of medicine and dentistry new jeru new jersey robert wood johnson medical school so dr hodge md has over 20 years of experience in the medical field and currently is a family medicine doctor with a practice specializing in premier chronic pain care located in the heart, sometimes in walkable distance, depending on where you are. It's right in the heart of downtown Atlanta. So shout out to Doc Summer Baking It. Uh, and we, we await his return, but 
He's still with us, listening in this morning. Good morning, Doc. Shout out to you. See you doing your doing your thing, brother. All right. So, Joe Mack is here this morning. Nate the Great's in here. Big Sam's in here. Wow. This is going to be a good episode because we got a lot to talk about this morning. Let us start with, we since we were talking about New Jeru, New Jersey, let's go to Brick City this morning. Funk Dr. Spot, Redman, and National Cannabis Political Party. Ooh, wait a minute. Somebody is rubbing hands like Birdman this morning. You know why? Because it was established January of... Last year, 2021, dedicated to pushing the regulation of marijuana into society through education, scientific advancement, and economic growth. Now, the interesting thing is, this is quite the political shakeup, let me tell you something about that. Because being a political party can do things that your typical organization is not able to do. Let's name those things registered under the federal election commission it's an independent regulatory agency of the united states to enforce campaign finance law and that was created in 1974 through amendments to the federal election commission act i'm not going to give you all the facts right now because we got to have a conversation. This is a new political party. It's already a year in now and has been gaining traction and steam. But hold on. Stop the press. You grew up with this man. You watched him daily talking about many different topics. Who is the chairman? It's not Mr. This is how we do it. I'm talking about. Join us on the next Montel. Montel Williams is the chairman of this political party. Ooh, what a shake up. You know who I'm going to start with today? I am going to start with Nate. Talk about it. What is going on here? Talk to me. This is go- political parties yeah. might need to be. They looking around like, ooh, uh-oh, what's happening here? What we got going on? I saw this article the other day and thought this was fantastic. I mean, we're talking political systems been around since basically the start of the United States. Mm-hmm. And it took till last year for us to get a party. One, mm-hmm. two, as you saw, the FEC has been set up since 1974. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. I mean, better late than never. Absolutely. But red man's right. A yeah. political system can help further advance and get these things passed that just an advocacy group or foundation has trouble doing. The political party has a lot more power than Absolutely. those groups. Uh, ten times more power than those groups anyway, politically. Absolutely. And the bright side is hopefully we keep building this because as we've seen throughout our political process, we have a two-party system. We yeah. have others. Yes, sometimes they're hard to gain traction. But this is the one that people who are advocates for right we want this to happen we need to get behind these people yeah yes the political end is important too we need to make sure everything is as you agree with and what you stands with but this is a party that i definitely want to get behind find out more about one yeah educate myself on it but support them they are fighting for us yeah yeah i mean and and it's like from beginning to end they they're pushing and here's here's a quote from red man quote 
We are about the purpose of this industry, not the profit. So mm-hmm. basically, impact over income is what he's looking at. Right. Look at us as the bridge. Look at us as someone you can bring your problem to, end quote. Sam, talk to me. What's happening? You know, first, when you look at Montel Williams, he is the perfect candidate for being the leader of that. Uh, he is afflicted with multiple sclerosis. So, yes. So right. when you think it, about it, cannabis is one of the top treatments for the pain that he endures on a day-to-day basis. So... I mean, what better person than to be an advocate who is also an active user who's afflicted mm-hmm. with something that 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 works for him? That works for him. It yeah. truly works for him, and uh, just reduce the inflammation that he goes through with yeah. the multiple sclerosis. So, I mean, I really think that one by creating that and making it a political campaign, uh-huh. it, it is the the next new wave. We needed a new a new uh, political party. Just for one, for us to be able to embrace and then two, be sensitive to our needs at the same time. So it's, it's a right. great thing. Then on top of that, he's a, he he continues to be a powerhouse in media on oh, yeah. top of that. So Absolutely. now you, you have an extra voice who is used to doing talk shows and getting different viewpoints. He did that for at decades. Le- well, decades. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, his his show was on at least two at least two of them yes. he, he he transcended into two decades going from he he took he took the 90s by storm and into the 2000s and you know a lot of us wish his show was still on to be honest with you oh before i get to you joe mac i got a question for all three of you and joe i may start with you on this one so joe what if Montel's show was still on today with this development going on, do you think this political party that has been created and established January 2021 would have been established sooner? Do you think he would have been able to really voice that per se? Uh, to be honest with you, because it came out just a year ago, mm-hmm. and I think it would have been it would have been overshadowed by other events. So I think gotcha. he had to just had to pick his time, you know what I'm saying, as far as like when to implement this. So I think, you know, like I said a lot of things have already been in the works before they put them out for you know, before they put out to the public, let it be known. Mm-hmm. So probably during that time they were just prepping and planning. They could have came out earlier, but because maybe because, you know, all the other events going on a year or two prior, you know, things getting shut down, and whatnot, they may not have had the the audience that they needed to get. So they just had to kinda, of, you know, buy their time. So yeah. Gotcha. And, you know, secondly, do do you think like and I I, I kind of bridged the his talk show with this. If he if that talk show were like a Internet radio broadcast or a podcast right now, would you basically be hearing, you know, more about this subject? Because right now I know I only know of us really being the, the ones that are really pioneering this forward on a any live radio broadcast to be quite frank with you but if montel with his media you know just just strong arm he's got a stronghold on media he's a media mogul right now yeah, yeah do you think yeah, that he I mean, would be utilizing those platforms to really push it a little sooner than the, than 2021 when this was established if he probably, like I said, if he probably did, like, if, you know, if he did have a pocket, yeah, pocket was the easy thing. That's like the number one thing that was growing, 
you know, during that downtime. Right. But yeah, if you took advantage of that, if you took advantage of, you know, his social media team, you know, put stuff out here, different profiles, different pages, and use all those available tools and apps and resources, then yeah, yeah. But, again, I don't know, like I said, coming from this end, I didn't know what he was working with. Hard to tell what he was working with, what kind of other deadlines and other stuff he got going on. But, but true enough, I mean, yeah. Uh, if he had like a podcast or if he if he's just a, just a segment like you said you know just dedicated to this topic then yeah he would definitely catch more uh catch more eyes and get more ears absolutely absolutely Nate what do you think I would love to say that he would use all that which he would I think he would use it all but I don't think it would have happened earlier and the reason is one of the other stories that we're going to get to soon mm. I think because of what we're going to talk about in one of the other stories. People like Redman and probably Montel went, wait, wait, wait. This is not what we were told. We need to do something. Mm, good point. So when we get to that next segment, uh-huh. I think that's why the timing is when it was and not earlier. Gotcha, gotcha. Sam, what do you think? Uh, I, I definitely agree with Nate. Um, the evolution of just the awareness of mm. the power of the plant and so forth, what it could be used for. You got to remember, before uh, Montel announced to the world his affliction, uh, it was relatively still new. You know, people like Red Man and Method Man, they consumed. They right. used regular, you There's know. There's a whole they movie made it, they made, they made about that. How high? Uh, you know I, what mean, I mean, it's a classic. <laughs> you know, so, people still watching it. So you got you got to take that stuff. They made it fun. Um, it's almost kind of like they was rebellious against the powers that be, but at the same yeah. time, they made it fun. Right. And yep. so you got to think that the personality that Red Man it, cont- it continues to be he's this cool dude to just make everything fun like yo so the excitement is is definitely there mm-hmm. and now in this day and time the timing is right now for it to come out now back in the day it was still a taboo but then once again for the people who still embraced red man for who he was as a talent whether he was an artist or whether he was on, on, on film or on TV, he still is still making the same impact now. So now they're embracing it even more. I just don't think that it would have happened back then. Not back in the day, definitely not a decade ago, maybe two, three years ago. But, you know, as we take steps at it, it's definitely going to be more widely accepted. Gotcha. Um, I agree with that. And the thing is, too, not just what you said about Red Band, Cheech and Chong, too. We always saw the fun, funny aspect. Now we're yeah. learning about the benefits, the medical, mm-hmm. and how it helps people. So now there's more of, oh, wait, they were onto something without saying they were onto something. Right. Now we're getting behind instead of just, ah, that's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. how it was presented. You're right. You know, Ch- Chappelle, Half Baked, mm-hmm. was, yeah. was another classic. Movie. Yeah, absolutely classic. I mean,. You, you pretty much anything Chappelle did involved it. So it was like it was being put in your face in the 90s, early 2000s. Oh, yeah. fa- but a lot more hidden 80s, 70s, but you still had people using it. A lot of jazz artists were doing that because they had these hectic schedules and, you know, there, there was a lot of stress. Because yeah. of that schedule, they can't see their families. They can't, you know, there's a lot of things they can't do. But what they can do is definitely play that music. Absolutely. You know, Miles Davis. Absolutely. Yeah. You so know, it, your, jazz, your jazz legends, you know, consume cannabis. 
And, you know, the, the, the pressure of, of success, I mean, you got to be able to relax. You got to be able to unwind. So, you know, you take those 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 factors in place. And then now you take this as a political party. Keep in mind, we already talked about cannabis religion, mm. uh, cannabis being used in religion. That's so right. look at these key aspects now where it's being integrated into religion, which is a key point, key factor, and now politics. So... It's going to be widely accepted soon. It's taking two gigantic steps yeah. into the right di- di- the right direction. By the way, I like how you brought up the uh, religion, too. Shout out Pastor Cook. Pa- what, Pas- Pastor Cook, come on back, man. Pastor Cook, come, come right back on back. Soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, just wanted to shout him out real quick. Um, but, yes, um, here's another part of that. Uh, so... They recognize the need to shake up the traditional political party lines. You know, we, we it's a two-party system. As Nate said, there's a lot of others, but they're just like, eh, they just don't make the knockout, knockdown, dragout impact that, you know, the other two do because they're, they're the two originals. And then you got independent, you got all kinds of other parties out here. But this one right here, this one... Uh, you know this 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 is going to have some legs a lot of legs because there's a lot of people already behind it you know the one thing just to add to that and uh, i think there was a um a guy that was running for governor in was it louisiana what was his I, name? God, I think I it was it would have been great that if this political party was in place and he could have just declared hey oh yeah <laughs> For I sure. mean, that oh, would have just yeah. went synonymous yeah. with his campaign, you know. So uh, when you when you think about it now, I think that there be new political candidates that will declare that, hey, this is the part of this is a party that we're going to be a part of. And if it's widely accepted across the board and you got right. two not only celebrity figures that are endorsing it, but as you get other people on the bandwagon, I think it's going to go. Yep. Snoop will be there. I, Snoop would be there in a minute. You get Snoop yeah. in there. Oh yeah, yeah that's it. That's a good deal. It's out of there. It's out of there. Yeah. Even even Steve Urkel got got cannabis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd love to see it happen because the more and more, and we're not going to get to a big political thing here, but you see people on both sides of the aisle right now who don't agree with the party they're currently in, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. hard for them to step out of those parties to get that support. Yes. If we can get them behind this movement, that's where a change happens. What would it be? Okay, so, and it, this is my final question before we go to the next topic here, and I want to I want to hear uh, answer from everybody. I'm going to start with Sam on this one. What will it What will it be? What would a feeling be like for the country and that political party to have its first winner in any state, or even federally? First, I'd like to talk about all the states in the Midwest. <laughs> let's go there. Yeah, because obviously, there. obviously the, the the candidates are going to rise out of those states yeah. first. Mm, good point. Obvious. Yeah. It's obvious because the states already voted on um, the direction they want to go. So now we're just waiting for that first political candidate to declare this is who he, he is. So, or she is. So, so for the most part, I think that's where it's going to be at, somewhere mm. in the Midwest, if not the the Northwest. It's that feeling going to be like it's going to be a good feeling. Oh, man, it? it's going to be a total, total high. 
<laughs> oh, Sam, good one. Good one, good one. Nate, what's the feeling? Talk about it. it, it to a, a point, it's a sense of relief. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see where we're going to go with this because not only can we now have something behind the movement we agree with and believe in, but like I said, there's so many people out there who want another option that has to, doesn't have to be the whole split and divide of what political has been. And when you look at, like he said, artists, athletes, all these people who do now use this for multiple reasons, they can get behind this party. This party could be booming in no time. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Mack, what you thinking? I'm thinking, hey, it's, it's a start. You know, yes. um, I've been following them ever since uh, they announced at the National Cannabis Festival last year when they started out, you know, with his sister, Red Man, his sister, and mm-hmm. Andrew out there, you know, keeping contact with those boys. And, you know, they also, I don't know if y'all know that, but they got a, they branched out of Georgia. That was the one of the first states they want to work with, the National Cannabis Party of Georgia. And I'm just going to go ahead and spread the love out here. So they got a guy down here. So, hey, you want to reach out and know more about it? They got a contact person. So, seeds been planted. Nice. Nice. That, yeah, that that's absolutely awesome. And see, we're already so see it's already starting. That love is being mm-hmm. spread amongst the fifty states and it's just happening here, there. You you're seeing you may be seeing one or two more states added on a month now because there is an advocate that is big politically in each state. Each state. All fifty. So there's somebody with a, a lot of political, that political strong arm that can be a great candidate in each of those states. And if, you know, you get all 50 and then they all move in, uh-huh. hey, it's not a it's not a Republican or Democratic Party. Now it it's a new party a coming in and shaking up. Right and now. They, and now the, the, you, you think about this. That now I move to the to the United States now. You got a good number of them. Now you see another, you, you see a green color on the map with the red and the blue. Like, wait a minute. Hold on. We got seats in the house. Hold on. Wait a minute. We got cannabis advocates in the seats in the house, seats in the Senate. And who knows? You see what if I mean? They before, if they get in for any libertarian dude, now that'll be, now that'll right. be a big slap. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. We need a green wave. There you go. And I wonder how many years it is going to take before we see election night and they actually have a green color taking seats in the House and Senate. Would that be interesting? Now you got, instead of the traditional two colors and half and half, now you got a third color coming in, a third wave of color coming in in green. And now it's like, uh-oh. You know what I mean? They, well, that, the, those parties are saying, uh-oh, wait a minute. What do we have going on here? Now there's three colors on the election on the election map now. You, it, when the, nice you, that's going to that's nice going to really shake things up though. Mm-hmm. Like just just the imagination of that and when I see it I'm going to be like, we talked about this here. Coin this date, June 22nd, 2022. Soon, as this grows, on election night, you end up seeing a third color come into play as an elected seat in the House and in the Senate, or either or, or maybe even both. It's coming. 
and we're letting you know about it today this 22nd day of june 2022 so keep this date on your calendars and then when you ask an election night wait i've never seen that color before my what is going on we told you about it here first today okay so that's all i'm gonna say about that so yeah i'm looking forward to what's what's next to happen there now Let's talk about while we're in the subject of politics in D.C., Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. No past marijuana use for potential White House interns. Interesting. Let's talk about it. Potential White House interns who basically admit to having smoked marijuana or, you know, what have you, even in states that it is legal. Oh, no, could put their jobs and prospects in jeopardy. So here, let's talk about the backstory for a second. Those getting far enough into the intern application process for the fall of 2022 have to meet security requirements and could be disqualified for issues like criminal record and prior drug use like marijuana, regardless of whether the marijuana use was permitted under state law per Forbes report. Marijuana is still a banned substance under federal law. President Biden opposes legalizing marijuana. Now that White House um, the White House uh, didn't even have further comment about it. But February 21, Biden states that his administration will pursue cannabis decrim as well as seek expungements for people with prior convictions. So I'm going to stop right there with that. Joe Mack can you can you talk to me about this? What's happening? Uh, we don't want you to corrupt yourselves. Let us do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I, I, that's that's why I look at it. I mean, yeah, okay. You know, you come in with a record. You know, say, say, you know, we can say we want about it, but hey, that's not that's the same thing across the board. And you just said it. You know, as a White House, as a federally building. You know, that's the that's the that's the Trump card. Like, look, it's still considered fairly legal in the federal building. We can't do nothing with you. Now, if it was something else, private entities, state, maybe they can kind of bend the rule. All right, we'll let you in. We'll worry about that, yada, yada, yada. But that's the basics. And also, like I said before, you know, if you want to kind of dig a little deeper, like, uh, you know, like, why, why, you know, just a little weed. I'm from California. I'm from Michigan. It doesn't matter, yada, yada, yada. But again, like, look, you already started. If you want to corrupt yourself, let us corrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> nice Joe Bay. That's the that's that's the realest answer we we heard. But you give real answers anyway. So now I'm de- see I'm not surprised. But this is like wow, he is so on point with that. Yes, I yes, because he's Joe Mac the scholar. Okay, every time he comes on, it's a real conversation. Thank you so much, Sam. Talk to me. What's happening? So once again, just like Joe Mac said, it's a Schedule One drug. So with the federal government itself declaring war on marijuana, and then they have a federal institution called NIDA, which is National Institute on Drug Abuse. It's basically saying that marijuana is the most abused drug in the U.S. And as long as you have that stigma being put out by the federal government, it will never be sanctioned on any level. They might say, hey, oh, yeah, we're going to try to decrim. We talking about good old Joe Biden, President Joe Biden. He's talking about decrim and so forth, which, hey, he's locked up so many people over his career for the laws and the things that he's put in place. And he still hadn't 
turn no turn a lot of that stuff back mm. since he's been in office as commander in chief. So, hey, Joe Biden, you got a lot of work to do. So simply put as that, Nate, talk to me. Uh, both of these are spot on from what Sam said and what Joe has said. You know, honestly, to me, it feels like it's right hand, left hand talking. We'll talk more about it, but you got Biden saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. We're putting it up for discussion on the federal level, but we're not going to let you also come in and work in the federal level if you've worked in a, or if you've lived in the state and done it where it was legal. We're not going to now allow you the opportunity to work here. Which means you truly never believed in it in the first place. Correct. So, mm. I'm sorry. What is the real truth, mm. President Biden? You know what? Let me let me read this part. It says April 1st, 2022. And, that's, and apparently it's not an April Fool's no. joke. It says Biden agrees that current marijuana laws are not working, but will not say if he supports federal legalization if bill passes now says that he isn't in favor of adult use legalization, even if he expresses support on the campaign trail for letting States set their own individual policies. Those were for votes. Correct. Mm hmm. And uh, so Jen Psaki um, stated that the president's opposition on broad reform has not changed. But then again, that's the former White House press secretary who's not there. Um, And, well, here we go. We also got to bring, when we talk about Mr. President, we got to talk about Madam Vice President Harris, stated Biden administration isn't focused on following through on its marijuana reform pledges because it's too overwhelmed with other issues. You know, she spoke out so much during her campaign about how she was going to change things and make it legal. Where's that conversation rolling now? Weed. Where, the, where's that conversation now? Weed. She's been so quiet. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Did you hear that pin drop? Joe Back said, roll the tub of weeds. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta walk in, you gotta walk into the, uh, walk, walk outside with the Tracy Morgan. Wow, 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 wow. I'm sorry. I, I revisited that in the Martin oh, reunion gosh. this week. If you haven't seen it, you gotta see it. But, uh, I, I, I he said like it was I'm in improv. Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Death Valley, California seems, uh, like a, a vacation spot apparently at this point because it's just there's nobody yeah. there's nobody out there unless unless you're just hot natured and you just love to be out there in dry heat in the desert tumbleweeds just that's all you're hearing nothing no pin drops nothing like you can hear you it's like if a tree falls in the forest can you hear it well i guess you can because nobody's making noise so there you go. Now, here's an interesting thing. It's um, There's a couple of facts here. So March 3rd, 2022, shared with Politico, um, said basically the um, – basically it says that the applicants – uh, maybe don't invest in weed companies. And it says 68% of all Americans and 83% of Democrats support federal marijuana legalization, according to the Gallup poll. April 21, 
there was a poll that stated that 32% of Americans 75 and older support adult use of cannabis reform. Remember, 75 and older, those are the those are the baby boomers at mm-hmm. that point, right? The, you know, and they right. were Man. they were really using heavy at that point. You, that's the Woodstock era, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it? But you know what? Before you go that route with that, just remember, as we get older in age, things hurt a little bit more. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's so, right. I There's mean, definitely chronic so, pain. So the body, the body itself is going into a degenerative state. So, I mean, you you gotta think about uh, the if you were an athlete. Uh, any type of tendonitis, arthritis, that's pain. That's yeah. chronic pain. So, right. I mean, so, of course, those people are going to widely accept um, the use of, of cannabis because it treats their condition. And, be, and, and besides, rem, now, remember, these are these are baby boomers who, remember, they, they were... They were there in in the 60s when, you know, you saw a lot of this going on in the early 70s. And, you know, we had we had people that were in we had soldiers in wars that Mm -hmm. were coming out back to civilian life for a while. And they were using and then everybody else was using. You get everybody points to Woodstock. Everybody points to Woodstock. I'm sorry. You mean by his classmates? You mean by his classmates, not his schoolmates? <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. And so you know, it's and 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 speaking of, speaking of the president, it says uh, his own son Hunter has had a history of substance abuse, but it doesn't say which. Right. So it's like, are you, you, you some for some of these articles? Okay, if he has substance abuse, name it. Mm-hmm. What yeah, is it? That's just stirring it up just a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Well, it's stirring it up, but I think this comes back to what I was saying about the political thing. This shows you right here, you've got the president and the vice president who have come out, maybe not verbally stated, but showing that they're changing their stance and what they did during the running time frame. They spoke one thing, their actions are showing it different. Totally different. Which is what we've all stated before. We need to hold these people in parties liable for what they say do what you've told us that we do keep them responsible for it you know and then you look like you said this is why i don't think redman could do what he did until now because look at these numbers 68 percent of americans want it yeah okay that's a very high number 83 percent of the democrats support it within his own party so maybe we can get those people to join this national cannabis party because right, right now our political system they're Telling us one thing and doing another, but that's not new. Right. But that's also, why I got to hold them accountable. The other thing that you got to just add in total that is that we're we're entering a time where mental illness is a top issue, yes. a daily discussion. Um, the pressures of society, and I mean, right now with this hyperinflation, the things that are going on in the econ- economy, it's creating anxiety, and people need a, a, an escape from that anxiety. So I mean. Using, I think, is not only going to be therapeutic, but it's it's healthier than using any uh, pharmaceutical that can destroy your liver or your kidneys. So, I mean, I think the, the use of the plant is definitely is something that we all need to look at and reassess what's being said to us about it and how we can use it to help with those social anxieties and those day-to-day pains that we may feel here and there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And now 
I've been waiting to get to this one. Oh my, what a topic we have here. Oh boy, man sentenced to life. Say that again, man sentenced to life in prison for marijuana. So, there's a guy, John Knock. Two life sentences for marijuana. Two of them. Unbelievable. For conspiracy to distribute, import, and money launder. No priors. Sentenced at age 53. Two life sentences at 53. In the 1980s, he worked with the international illicit cannabis market when European operators and knock worked together and imported from Canada. The DEA looked for him for crimes committed between 1984 and 1993. President Obama denied commutation request on January 18, 2017. Trump granted clemency on January 20th, 2021. We also have, there's a second one. Mm Mm-hmm. Alan Russell, sentenced to life in prison without parole for nonviolent offense of possessing marijuana. Arrested in his apartment in 2017. His windows were breached by law enforcement and exploded a flashbang grenade by his front door. They entered his apartment and threw a chemical agent to force Mr. Russell out. What was he convicted of? Possession of marijuana in the amount of greater than 30 grams, but less than 250 grams. An offense punishable under Mississippi law by $3,000 fine, up to three years in prison, or both. Now, speaking of Mississippi, we were just talking about them for the last two weeks as their statewide progression of getting cannabis legalized and doing the other stuff. But prosecutors argued for the sentence under habitual offender statute. Oh boy. His prior was three nonviolent. Hold on. Let me repeat that. His prior was three nonviolent convictions in 2004, two counts of burglary, Year later, year later, failed to complete complete a program at a restitution center and for technical violation. Then, in prison for eight years. 2015, guilty, pled guilty, possessing a firearm. None of prior were listed as violent crime. Why? Nate, talk to me, please. Well, first, let's go back for one second. The first individual you talked about, John Knox. Yep. Okay. White male. Just going to throw all these different ones out there. White male. And at the time, things were not the same in the U.S. Yes, he was bringing back and forth across the border. Right. He did this, and he was at Woodstock. He grew up in that. Later, it found out that his grandmother, or his mother one, I forget which, actually had a farm where they were growing the cannabis, marijuana, hemp, on their property. He was always around it. Mm-hmm. Yes, he got caught up. You know, hey, I'm on the road. I'm making money. He had nothing else. His eventually was expunged. That was taken out. Then you wow. come down to Alan here, Mr. Russell. 
black male who does not have it here. He actually bought from a high school friend who was an undercover for the police and turned him oh in. Oh, my Lord. Bought in his vehicle $20 worth of marijuana. $20. Okay. And his friend actually went with all of these convictions and asked the DEA to raise his charges. Your own friend did this. Your friend. So, hold on. <laughs> Your boy sets you up as undercover, as undercover police officer. Your boy set you up, got you caught up, and then right. prosecutors said, eh, you know what, we're just going to raise the charges, you know. He had he had some priors, so we're just going to raise it a bit. Oh. Hmm. Right, and now the next little part we're going to get to in a minute is even going to tie in more with all of this because the levels of this is absolutely ridiculous. The way that they're manipulating the stances of – the amount of priors you have, what your charges are, and how they're extending it out. You know, I got to say something about that that last case where you were talking about the friend turned that person in. He was an informant already. Let's find out what was his charges when he was locked up so that way he can get a better deal mm-hmm. by giving somebody up. So, okay. Sold, right. a, yeah, sold out see. your boy. Yeah, let's see how that play out. Yes, it's, it's two sides to that. Sold, so sold out your boy. So yeah, like, but there had to be a reason why you yeah. sold well, out your boy. So he had to reduce his time by giving somebody else up. Well, and the thing is too, if you read it there, it says that the possession in the amount was greater than thirty grams, but less than two hundred and fifty grams. Right. Okay. An offense punishable under Mississippi law by a three thousand dollar fine and up to three years in prison, or both. So you're getting life. Yeah, how in the world does that happen? How you get life from that? Well, because argued the sentence under the habitual offender statute that this is going to continue. So three strikes, you're out. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Joe Mack, talk to me, man. I know you heard all of this. We still have another part that we haven't even got to yet, but what are, what, what are we talking about on this? Uh oh, can you hear me? Oh, guess not. All right, no, so, Joe. so we're gonna we're gonna get back to we're gonna get back to Joe real quick here. I just but, wanna yeah, I wanna add a, I wanna add a comment on there, and it's just 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 overall, um, it is a system that Joe Biden created that creates these levels of punishment. When you show that you are a habitual offender, this is part of when he was what was it, a senator back in the seventies. Yeah, these were laws that he wrote back then in the seventies that put a ton of people in prison. Correct. I'm talking about unfairly, unjustly for an extended period of time. So we got to look at what goes back to our commander in chief back during he when the time when he was a senator writing and passing these laws. So we got to look at that as well. Well, let's look at the vice president. And I don't have the numbers in front of me. She made huge laws in California that locked off thousands of people. Mm -hmm. Thousands. 
So with those two of what you're saying of Biden and Harris, does a tiger change their stripes? Good analogy. Yeah, um, you're right yes, about Yes, times that. change. People change. I'm not saying that. We now see things differently than we did in the cannabis industry, the hemp, marijuana, weed, however you want to put it. We see it differently now than we did 20 years, 30 years ago. That is true. But come on, I really don't think they're all of a sudden going to pop up and completely change and go, yes, now we're for this. Right. And, you know, it's interesting. Let me let me get to this other one here. So Louisiana, let's go down to Louisiana. Multiple counts of using unequal repeat offender laws. One man received a life sentence for, yet again, $20 of weed. Kevin O'Brien serving life sentence as a habitual offender. $20 of weed. That that's the that's the informant right there. Right. Yeah. So they recorded a pair of $10 sales in a car. So that's he was booked and offered a 5-year sentence to plead guilty. A father of two with a steady of job with a steady job but a handful of of drug convictions balked at it. The informant Helped to convince the jury to convict Allen at bo- on both counts at a 2014 trial, sentenced to a 10-year prison term. So the informant was sentenced to a 10-year prison term while his boy got life. But it was a placeholder. Louisiana law affords prosecutors wide discretion to increase a repeat offender sentence up to life. His priors, 2004, intent to distri- distribute possession, uh, possession in 2007 and 2011, and meth in 2013. So, wow, um, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. But your, but your boy got got 10 years, and you got life. Yeesh. Intent to distribute Yeesh. possession, methamphetamines. Is there anything violent there? No. Nope, nothing violent. So nope. during this time frame, the placeholder, they allowed him to sit in prison and waited to get more evidence or to get a stronger case to raise the level. Now, again, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Louisiana, I believe, roughly has about 14,000 people that are in a life sentence for nonviolent crimes right now. Highest state with those type of charges. Mm. Mm. I mean, like, what? Why are we like? It, there's a double standard there. Absolutely, there's a serious double standard. So if, like we discussed, it comes decrammed, it's a sponge, this and this. So we're going to go to these individuals who have had these life sentences, and now, thank you, have a good day. What are they going to do for jobs? Right. How are they going to, maybe the record's expunged, but how are they going to be now accepted by their friends, their family, a job? That doesn't disappear. Right, exactly. Reputation does not disappear. You can build build it back, but it just doesn't go away because it's still going to stick in the back of their mind. Court of public opinion is the hardest to change. Public and popular, always. And that's why I've always said that we are stated that you are innocent till proven guilty. On most charges, I believe you're guilty till proven innocent. Because yep. even if, yes, you are innocent, the people, what they saw on the news, what they heard from friends, family, news articles, whatever it is, 
that's where their charge of opinion comes, and that's hard to overcome. Yeah, it's that it's that uh, stigmatized opinion, biased Absolutely. opinion um, that comes about. Go ahead, Sam. So I, I found the article that I want to just kind of elaborate a little bit more. Joe Biden consistently held three broad positions during the 70s. The harm of recreational drug use were severe and urgent, especially because drugs cause crimes. The United States should spend money on drug control, but wisely in cannabis, not really so bad. First decade of Biden's career in national politics showed him that drug control was popular with voters, but difficult to manage. I just want to point out now that he's the one that started the war on drugs. He wrote all the laws and the policies, and he was very harsh mm. with the stipulations in there. And this being in the in the seventies. This is in the seventies, right? Nineteen seventy-two. His campaign for Senate. Mm. And I got an article here that states that. While Harris was in California, a total of 1,974 people were sent to state prisons for marijuana-related offenses between 2011 and 2016. Hmm. So now, so so we we talk about this right, and then now we're we're in this world of politics, right? And we. Do you think that, you know, we're talking about the 70s versus now the 2020s decade that we're rolling into here? So what would be the difference between the two? What would have to shake in order to to get them to change their tune? Or is that even going to remotely happen? Is it, it seems like it has been all talk so far, but is it going to continue just to be a talking point until the end of their term? So whenever that is. So this is why I want to add to this, Robert. And you got to think if someone's an addict, right? Yeah. Do you incarcerate them or do you actually get them services that can help them from being an addict, which is most important? It, the help is actually most important. The help is most important. Yeah. And the thing about it is when you focus on prisons and putting people in prison and now the public has a, a heavy a heavy tax to pay to continue to incarcerate these people at the level that they're doing and housing them, why not educate them mm -hmm. and reform them and help with getting them off of the drugs that create these levels of addictions? Right. So you, you, got, you, you, you got a mindset here. Mm -hmm. I just want to put everybody in prison. And he's never repealed these laws. Mm. They're still in place to right. this day. So as states adopt their own policies, you still have judges who have sat on the bench for 30, 40, and 50 years. Yeah, they've served and retired. Someone was still practicing as a judge and still crucifying people to this day in court. Mm -hmm. Over those over things just like this yeah Absolutely. very interesting it's and a major point it is a major point and you know we're we're looking at this now and it's like well okay so do we have them in office they have they have at least whatever pull they need now that they're in the 
the most important seat in the, one of the most important seats in this country, right? And mm-hmm. nothing has turned around. Right. And that's why I'm asking if there was if it's a talking point, if it's just talk or is something actually going to be done by the end of their term, whether they have four years or eight years. I'll tell you what, what I think it is, it's lip syncing. <laughs> You're seeing one thing, but it's right. not them that are doing it, if that makes sense. So they're out here portraying it and showing it as this is what I want to do. This is what we need to do. This is what I believe in. But your actions are completely different. It's not you. You're lip syncing. Mm. You know, it's just very interesting. You do all of that work to say this and that mm-hmm. to get in the office, and then it just becomes a talking point for right. four years or maybe even eight. And if it anything does move, it'll be closer to the end of the term rather than starting out guns blazing. And this is why I will go back and stated that I think what Redman is doing with the national party is so important. It's vital. They need to hold the people's feet to the fire, make sure they're doing what they've stated they would do as a political party, right. even if they don't have their own people in there yet. Hmm. <laughs> Keyword yet. Get ready for that. We, we, there's going to be a green color on that map, on that political map. When you're looking at your elections coming very, very soon. And those people who are listening today or on the rebroadcast, study this party. Tell it to your friends. Let's get a movement behind them. I didn't know anything about it. Yes, Joe knew, and it it is relatively new. This is something that I want to learn more about. I want to help support them. Right. Because they're going to want to help support our cause, our need, our belief, education. Is one of their platforms. It's not about the profit. Right. I think that they agree with our mindset and what we're looking for out of this industry. Be wild if you you know, hey, hey, well, you know what, Sam, it'd be real wild if we were able to get Funk Doctor Spock to, you know, come on via phone and just talk more about right. it because, you know, this is an this is an important outlet because yeah. You know, if we're going to be educating the people on what's to come and what could possibly be the new political wave in this in the United States um, and a a strong political wave at that, probably would I would say the strongest, you know, you got you got a libertarian, but that pops up every now and then independent that pops up every now and then in on your election, but they only get like a 1% of this vote. So they only get several thousands of votes or whatnot. And they end up being the deciding factor somewhere because they only got 1%. Right. Well, not just that. If 68% of all Americans, all that, and that's a lot of people support it. 83% of the Democratic Party support it. Yeah. I don't know the numbers behind the Republican Party. What if those individuals started leaving to join what we'll call the Green Party? Imagine Ooh. that shakeup. You know, bottom line, what it's going to come down to is, is that uh, before I said out with the old and with the new, a lot of people who still have those old mindsets who are part of writing the laws and enforcing the laws that we go through today, um, you just got to think, uh, for some judges, um, they serve 20, 30 years on the stand 
depending on what level as a judge. So when you think about the justices, like the Supreme Court justices, some of them have been there 16 to as many as 30 years. Exactly. So imagine, just so imagine a district court judge or a local magistrate judge, um, the ones who are, or uh, was it state court or probate court, whatever you call it. Those judges at the same time, once again, they can continue to run until they successfully either retire or until they lose and then yeah you got you got to think if you if 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 a judge has been in office for 16 years 20 years mm-hmm. what is the odds of them losing to right. someone yeah, they sit in those seats i'm gonna tell you something the supreme court they sit in a lot of them have sat in those seats so long that it's like you it's almost you can't vote them out uh, to, to well, some degree they, they get so much power Yes That you, you can't even do anything to them Well put it in right. perspective Beyond years How many of them Have been sitting there Before cell phones And the internet Exactly Clarence right? Thomas yeah. Right Yeah Clarence Thomas I grew up with Cl- I grew up watching on the news Clarence Thomas Every night Every time they talked yeah. Supreme Court yeah. They talked Clarence Thomas And Here I am A young boy I'm like Wow you're talking about Clarence Thomas in 2022. He's still sitting there. So you think <laughs> Ruth, about Bader Gin- Ruth Bader Ginsburg, <laughs> yeah. she was still seated. She was still seated on the Supreme Court as a Supreme Court justice. And rest in peace. She passed. But she was still, she setting. still had a seat right. there. It's, it's almost like, all right, uh, d- d- now if you, you want the ultimate job security, Supreme Court is it apparently because they've been sitting there for decades and decades and decades and until I say I'm ready to give up my seat, ain't nobody running in this spot. And that's basically how I've been seeing it decade over decade over decade. And yet again, here's the epitome of that. Clarence Thomas is still sitting there and we have not heard that R word come out of his mouth yet. And I, just to, just to add one little tidbit of information, yes, I, I, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a Supreme Court justice that was helping in the elections regarding certain things with President Trump, with the Postal Service and stuff like that? With uh, God, I, I I can't remember the exact circumstance, but one of the justices overruled a circumstance that actually went against. Uh, I think President Biden with the uh, absentee voting or something like that. Yeah. So. yeah, something like that. But anyway, that's how much power these justices have. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like it. It the Supreme Court power goes over the presidential power. And that's that's like the queen on the chessboard. Good analogy. Good analogy. And one last question before before we get to final thoughts to close it out. So would you say that in this day and age, would it be better to get Supreme Court involved in this stuff and give give them the education that they need since they have all of this? Power in politics. They said in their ways, brother. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, getting their mindsets to adjust to what's mm-hmm. going on in 2022. It's going to take another decade or longer. Man, they they gonna have to. Oh, yeah. it, it has to take uh, someone from a newer generation right. who mm-hmm. will accept 
the updates in law and legislature and also look at some of the, the, um, the things that are out there and have a different eye and a different ear to discernment. So for most of the Supreme Court, the, the older heads, they'd have to be... They'd have to all give up their seat. It had to be a new, younger yeah, generation, a new of regime, Supreme, new regime right. of Supreme Court yeah. from from pretty much top to bottom. That's why it's taking as much time as it is to uh-huh. really become what it needs Th- to be. That's exactly what I was trying uh, to get to. Clarence Thomas was appointed 1981. He has sat there on the Supreme Court longer than what? Longer than my life. Right. Longer than 48% of Americans have probably been alive. Honestly. And I'm part of the 48%. 30 years. You see what I'm talking about? I've been around 37 years. And he comes in 81. Four years before I'm even. Years before I'm thought of. You're talking about. I've, I've, I've lived my whole life seeing Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. Not that that's a problem. But what I'm saying is. Brother. It's time to retire. Like, nobody wants... uh, I know it's one minute past the hour. I got to ask this question. (laughs) I'd be remiss if I don't ask this question because it's almost like this would be one major reason why a lot of things are just dragging and dragging and dragging is because the Supreme Court has to look at it too it has to go through supreme court at some point because eventually if it passes everything it has to be a law right so that supreme court definitely has to review it at some point right right so what i must say is is this in closing clarence thomas has to retire at 75 which means he got two more years two more so he'll retire 32 years into the game so now and see, oh boy, I wish I see. See, Nate, you knew it was going to jog this conversation because now I got now I got questions. But with all of this power that the Supreme Court has, is that the major key? Putting all the rest of politics aside, do you think the Supreme Court would be the the major part? If we get a new regime, does that look good for cannabis? Absolutely. Keep your mind open to that because their mindsets are open to not only the change, but how it can help society right. itself. Exactly. It'll knock down dominoes, but it's not the final steps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Nate DeGray, final thoughts? Final thoughts are there was a lot to cover tonight, <laughs> today. I don't even know what day it is now. Uh, no, I think all this was fantastic. This is the stuff we needed to keep talking about, and I'm just – a lot of information for those that were – listening today to go back study and get involved with yeah. because there's a lot we still have to do and where can we find find you and follow you i'm on twitter and instagram at djnq75 of course with the matcha foundation follow our matcha foundation twitter facebook we have constantly put these type of stories up all day every day there you go sam hey keep your minds open be ready for some change and also be the change that we would like to see. Absolutely. So, with that being said, follow Big Boy Sam with two M's. Follow Mountain Foundation. Thank you for tuning in today. See ya. Ooh, man. Big Joe Mack, little Joe Mack, the scholar. Make sure you follow him as well. Um, he had to run. 